Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Wick. Chapter 8, On the Paper Trail. On Sunday morning, Danny's dad, Papa Costa, opened the door, releasing a cloud of mouth-watering breakfast smells. When his gaze landed on me, a frown briefly rumpled his features. Ginger, it is breakfast time now. Please come back. Mr Costa, can I please come in? I shifted the large newspaper in my hand from one to the other. I really need to speak with Danny. Papa stepped onto the porch and into the spring light. He studied me closely. You okay? You look... unhealthy. Uh, thanks for that. I addressed him under raised eyebrows, foot tapping. I half leaned into the doorway, straining for any sign of Danny. Then I remembered I was supposed to be on my best behaviour. Can I speak with him, sir? I wouldn't be exaggerating if I said it was a matter of life and death. The sir might have been a step too far. Or maybe it was the life and death line. Papa's brow knit together as he searched my face, presumably for some sign of a joke. Oh, come on, Mr C, please. You've got to let me in. The impassive expression on Papa Costa's face begged to differ. Great. I was on the verge of conceding when the kitchen door opened and a fresh waft of bacon reached us. Papa Costa breathed in deeply. He cast a longing glance down the hall. I could sense him wavering. Two sons with ravenous appetites? A plate of sausages and bacon? The good stuff wouldn't last long. I lifted my nose and sniffed gratuitously. Mmm, something smells good. A crown of sweat formed along Papa Costa's brow. It's okay, Papa, Danny said, patting down the hall in his socks. His church tie hung in a loosened knot. His dad didn't argue. Tearing down the hall at an impressive pace for his sturdy frame, he was through the kitchen door before I could even unbuckle my shoes. Quick, I said, slipping off my sandals. Let me in. I don't know who could be watching. I threw a backward glance at the empty street. Danny leaned against the door frame. Clearly he didn't share my sense of urgency. Gee, it's a little too Sunday morning for all this cloak and dagger business. He took a step closer, examining my face. Are you okay? You look a bit off colour. I rolled my eyes, then squeezed between him and the doorframe. Come on, I said. Let's go to your room. You're not going to believe this. You'd better come say hello to the family first. You know how Mama is. Oh, come on. Daddy wore the same stone-cold blocker face as his dad. You want to drop in during Sunday breakfast? You've got to follow house rules. Besides, you could do with a ratings boost around here. As you may have worked out, Dad, I wasn't exactly a favourite with the adults. More like a protected species of pest. Theodora Costa wanted her boys to mix only with good girls. Good girls spend time with the family. Never mind that Danny and me were just friends. I didn't want to burst Mama Costa's bubble or anything, but after being friends with someone for so long, you get a vibe about certain stuff.
I had a sense that Danny wasn't going to be more than friends with any girl anytime soon, which is exactly how I liked it. We were easy. Hey, Mrs. Costa, I said, poking my head round the kitchen door. Danny's mama looked up as she slid an overflowing plate of stuffed mushrooms onto the table. Ah, Ginger, have you eaten? Come, have breakfast with us. Danny's brother Paul grunted hay in between refilling his plate and glancing at the phone in his lap. The Costa boys weren't allowed to have them at the table. He was living on the edge with that stealthy move. Papa Costa cast me another concerned glance before disappearing behind his paper, leaving only a telltale tuft of steel wool hair and the tips of his stubby fingers. A fork crept out, stabbed a sausage, then quietly slipped from sight. There was a grease stain at the foot of the paper where several of the little fatties had wriggled their way under. You've got to admire talent like that, how Papa's fork instinctively found the good stuff. I wondered, if I shifted the plate a few inches back, would he still hit the mark? Or skewer thin air? As though reading my thoughts, Danny said, Ginger's in a hurry, Ma. Next time, okay? That's the downside of being friends with someone forever. They sense when you're about to go rogue and kill all the fun. Rat bag, he said, as we climbed the stairs leading to his room. What? I bit my lip and smirked. I was just trying to reassure your papa that I'm still my usual sparky self. Danny smiled, shaking his head. So thoughtful, always putting people's needs above your own. We stepped inside Danny's room and I leaned against the door with a sigh. I held up the paper and was about to shake it free when Danny grabbed my hand and dragged me over to his desk. I've got to show you something first, he said lifting the lid on a large black box. For real? Mate, I've just battled my way through your Sunday breakfast to show you this. I rattled the paper in front of his face. Exactly. And right this second, Paul is loading his plate with my share of sausages. My bacon. So I reckon the least you can do is give me a minute. I sighed. Fair enough. I glanced inside the box, but I'm more a chemistry dabbler than physics fiend. To me, it was just a riddle of colourful wires. What is that? This, Danny said, buzzing like a cut cable, but doing his best to look casual. This is my entry for the regional science finals. It's pretty much down to Betty Jansen's dad and me on this one. You know the winner goes to the state finals in Brisbane. It's going to be live on ABC3. I smiled. I did know, only because he'd told me a gazillion times already. Don't you mean it's down to Betty Jansen and you? No, he said, pausing emphatically. I squinted at him. Eh? Then the penny dropped. Oh, I said. Tough competition. Yeah, the toughest. I've heard Mr. Jansen can be super competitive. He doesn't like to lose. Oh, poor you. I clucked my tongue, sounding more in cheek than sympathetic. A wicked thought bubbled to the surface. I know. Want me to take Betty and her dad out for you? Mr. Bell could hook us up. 
I swear there's more to his repertoire than driving a car. Danny made a half-laughing, half-choking sound. No, no, Danny said, waving me away. It's okay. I'm enjoying the challenge. Anyway, Betty's dad can't do anything too fancy. Otherwise, people will get suspicious. Hey, he said in a deliberately off-handed way. If I somehow manage to win the regionals, I get to take an assistant to the finals. Want to come? I shrugged. Sure, why not? But if I'm on your team, we'd better win. The offer's still out there. You know, Betty Jansen. I pointed a pair of finger pistols at him and fired. Pew, pew. He shook his head and laughed. Thanks, he said. I'll keep it in mind. His gaze travelled to my armpit, where I'd stashed the newspaper. He tapped it. Did you forget why you came over? Oh, I said, suddenly tensing. I unfurled the paper. You're not going to believe this. I opened the broadsheet, grappling with its unwieldiness, and thumbed my way through the pages. What are you doing with a national paper? I thought you and Kat only did online. My lips pursed. Mr B was reading it this morning, just before he left for his latest job. World first premiere? Undercover sting? Who knows? Anyway, he stuck it in the recycling bin, but I fished it out. Here, I smoothed out the rumpled pages and pressed them under Danny's nose. His eyes skimmed over the titles. The last one, The Dead Scientist, I said, jabbing the paper. Read it, 